All right, and welcome back to part two of PW Grocer's Environmental Echo with our guest, Carrie Meek Gallagher, the director of the Department of Public Service here on Long Island. But, you know, but just, you know, crystal ball, next five years, you know, what do you think it's going to look like? So you're going to see a lot more offshore wind coming online. Um, and that's huge for us being able to get to renewables, right, to get to that, you know, fossil-free future. So there's already South Fork is operational. Um, I was out I on the boat. Saw it in the paper. Yes, yeah. I was out on that boat um, where we could see them up close. And you really can't understand until you see these turbines up close just how massive they are. Yeah, I, I would love yes. to be able to do that. That would be <laughs> awesome. So, you know, offshore wind is going to be is going to be huge. Um, more large-scale renewables, um, more as we touched on storage. Um, so let me, let me ask yeah. you this, you know, you, my mind always race when I get the guest in and you, mm-hmm. the, the wind, the offshore stuff, when you're on the boat, yeah. could you see the shore when you got up? Were you far enough away from the, could not see the shore when we were by the turbines, could Man. not see the shore. How yeah. long did it take you to get out there an hour or two or, um, it was about two and a half, three hours out. Yeah. Cause wow. it, was an, it was an eight hour, it was an eight hour it was a long ride. Day, huh? Yeah. Well, especially remember you have to, you know, getting back to environment, you know, being environmentally sensitive when you get close there, we have certain, um, there are certain areas that are whale areas, oh, yeah. right? So the whale watcher, so you have to be very sensitive when you're going through those areas where you could, you don't want to have, um, an interaction with a whale, right? Of course. Um, you, you know, it's fun to see them, but you don't want the boat to... Uh, you don't want to get too close. You don't want to get too close. So you have to slow down a lot when you're in those grounds. And um, yeah, so... Well, we weren't going like full throttle, huh? No, no. <laughs> so it takes no. a little longer. That, that makes sense. But I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but you got yeah. my mind racing here with the wind. And I'm really excited about that. And I am a, an avid surfer, as people have heard on this podcast. And I'm constantly in the water. And, you know, I'm always like, well, yeah, is that going to affect my, you know, surfing experience, seeing these turbines? But they're offshore. They're far enough away. They're not interfering with any currents and sand. And, you know, uh, hopefully they're yeah. not interfering with the marine life. You know, that's as you know, as benign as we can get it, you know, I just, how deep is the water out there? Did they tell you? They might have mentioned it. I do not recall offhand how, how deep it was out there. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. It was great. But so certainly yeah, offshore wind. And then what you're going to start to see um, and hear more about even maybe by mid 20 or beginning of 2024, something called the public policy transmission needs. So when you're talking about now going from primarily fossil generated electricity um, and even homes to now being fully electrified. Obviously we need to make upgrades to our transmission and distribution system, right? And to, to, to be able to handle that load. So especially if you're going to have a bunch of, Big trucks that are electric that are charging, right? <laughs> Us gas guzzlers <laughs> of- <laughs> will, will be electron guzzlers, huh? Okay, right. got it. On top of everything else. So there's going to start to be work on that project because there's a massive upgrade to our transmission and distribution system that has to happen. Our, you know, our system's pretty old. It hasn't had a lot of upgrades in a, in a while. And that's going to help us be able to send the power bi-directionally as well because all of this offshore wind that's being generated, we don't need all of it to power Long Island but you do need it to help power New York City and other parts of the state. And also, so this is going to help us not just bring that clean power into Long Island and then to other parts of the state, but to bring other clean renewable energy from other parts of the state down into the city and on Long Island is needed. So you really have like a a bi-directional energy highway as part of that as well. Okay. Well, now you're starting to tap into my nerd side. I'm an engineer. Okay. (laughs) And and that's a term of endearment to us. Okay. Um, So a single turbine out there, 
-hmm. how many watts or gigawatts, megawatts does it generate? What's the capacity of these things? You know, if they're going full board, a decent clip. Yeah, it really depends. There's different size. um, There's different size turbines. Um, So we're to get to, and actually there's been some changes in in the amounts of some of them, but um, there's, it really, again, it all just really depends on the size. So, but they can generate a lot. I'd have to get back to you with the exact no, details. I'm, I'm yeah. just curious yeah. to like think, well, how many of these things would we yeah. need to power the whole island and then start feeding New York City or, or you know, it's what's going through my head. Yes. Um, yeah, and I don't recall the number with each of the projects that are already approved, um, but even in the case of when it goes from our approval then to, say, federal approval, sometimes um, they'll reduce the amount of turbines they think should be placed. So as the, it's just like with everything. As the technology evolves, you can build bigger turbines and so have fewer overall, or they can generate more power from one turbine than they could in the past. Um, and so we're going to continue to and see like, that as let's well. Let's say one of these mega turbines, what's like the minimum wind speed that you need to get this thing going and make power? Is it 10 miles an hour, 20 miles an hour? Right. I'm okay. not remembering. I'm getting, yeah. Too, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting too much into the engineering here. I, I, I love it though. No, I know. It's but, interesting because like, <laughs> just yesterday we were having 50, 60 mile an hour gust, you know, and there's got to be a point where it's too fast for these things too. Right. Right. And so that's all part of the, how you can control these and ensure that they're only operating under safe conditions. Right. Yeah. So. And what about, you know, and I always get the pushback bird strikes and everyone's like, <laughs> does that happen that much? Um, I think less so in, on the offshore turbines okay. than the ones over land because, you know, and that's part of the key is when you're looking at, when you do the whole environmental analysis, of course, you don't want to be right in the path, like a migration path. Right, yeah, right? I don't want to see, you know, 40 Canada geese come flying in and turn into, a, you know, hamburger or something. Right. But to your point, because I don't have all the specifics in front of me today, I'd be happy to come back at a fu- in a future show. We can oh, say, hey, we're going to dive in on offshore wind, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, this is, you know, anything else in the five-year, you know, time frame? Uh, the wind thing is definitely on the horizon for us for sure. Yep. Wind, I think more solar, the transmission upgrades, more electric vehicles, more, like I said, the electric vehicle make ready. So more of the charging infrastructure, energy storage for sure. And then... I think you'll start to see more research and development into some alternatives, maybe more with hydrogen, maybe more with blending in, you know, in the interim of some renewable natural gas with hydrogen um, blended in as a you know possibility. There's still discussions about how that actually fits in with the Climate Act, um, but I know that's being proposed and um, uh, fuel cells. So there's there's a whole, you know, array of what you'll see happening on the island and it's going to be a shift in how people think about where their energy is coming from and how they, how they're, you know, do they modify their behavior? Time of day rates is something on the electric utility side that is coming into play in 2024. You can actually sign up now voluntarily, but it's a new rate that LIPA is offering, PSUG Long Island is offering, so that, um, and essentially what it does is tries to encourage you to use your energy during those off-peak hours. So you're helping to smooth out the load is kind of what we call it. So the peak load is usually 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. It's when people are getting home from school, yeah, getting yeah. from work, you know, turning on the air conditioning, turning on the heat, running the laundry, there cooking dinner, it. you know, all that. So, Guilty as charged. Yeah. So, you know, they want you to, the, the goal is, okay, it's going to cost you more to use electricity during those hours. So try to do all the things 
in the other hours and you'll save money. <laughs> and if you charge a vehicle, right? So that's a, like yeah. the soup, there's a super off peak rate. Wow. Overnight as well. 10, 10 PM to 6 AM. That would make the so. most sense. Oh gosh. Uh, yeah. This is going to be wild times. I can't wait. You know, yeah. especially the, the electrification and you brought up some good points earlier about, you know, do we have the capacity right now to, to keep the, the lights on if, if, if this is what we're going to do. And, you know, these are things we got to think about. And, you know, the resiliency and the sustainability, all that stuff ties in together. Yeah. Um, but you did mention, you know, started to mention utility companies like PSE&G. What about National Grid, the gas guys? Yep. You know? They, they're offering incentives as well. They are actually under order by the Public Service Commission, which is essentially who the Department of Public Service works for the commission. Yep. But, the, yes. Um, to figure out a, a fossil-free plan as well. So how do they transition from natural gas? But just like, um, and I know you kind of, we didn't really touch on this so much, but I think we might as like incentives, right? So how do we get people to convert or building owners to convert? Um, so talking about heat pumps, but both national That's grid. coming up next. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you ask the question then before uh, I go there. Right. Well, uh, <laughs> as you've mentioned and you know that yeah. one of the things that, you know, PW Grocer does is uh, geothermal systems and heat pumps. And, you know, um, we're busier than ever with this stuff, both on the residential and more so even on the commercial side with, you know, uh, whether it be institutions, could be churches, schools, uh, office buildings, hospitals, you know, everybody wants to get in on this uh you know, and you mentioned there's incentives and rebates and everything else. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it's really a big deal for us. But ro ro uh, what role do these systems play in the state's efforts to become more energy efficient? You know, what programs are in place to promote these alternative energy systems? Uh, you know, as we mentioned, the rebates, the incentives, you know, what's going on here yeah. in New York? So to get to the climate act goal of, you know, 1 million electric homes and then 1 million electric ready homes, heat pumps are, are critical, right? Because how do you transition away from natural gas or oil? Oh, yeah. It's a heat pump, right? And so if your air conditioner, you know, crops out on you or your burner crops, like that's a perfect time to change over, right? Yeah. Um, if you're retrofitting versus building new. Um, and what I would say is it's really imperative that the homeowners, right? So on the, on the residential side, um, if you're a single family home, check with your utility company because they have incentives and it's all going to be based on one, the size of the system that you need for your home and to your income level, because there are better rebates and incentives if you qualify under the low to moderate income program versus, you know, uh, just the regular program. On the facility side, or I'll say the, the non-residential side, but it could even be residential in the sense of multifamily, um, that's where, frankly, engineering firms are super helpful. Um, yes, you hear about it through your utility, but usually the facilities are going to listen to whoever is helping them plan their buildings out, right? Whether, you know, so that's where engineering, you know, environmental engineering companies like yours can really be helpful in spreading the word and providing a contacts to the incentives and helping them figure out and navigate the paperwork in terms of getting approvals and, and what incentives they qualify uh, we're for. Getting, and, I, yeah. I won't say we're getting <laughs> daily requests for people for new geothermal projects, but oh my gosh, it's, it's certainly we're getting a few a week at this moment and it's, it's great. It really, it's great to see the, the, the public interest, uh, both at the, at the residential level and, and also larger scale at the commercial. Yeah. You know? But there's really no way to transition without having that, that changeover. And I'd say yeah. something that would be really helpful is we, we are looking to have more multifamily buildings convert, or certainly if there's new construction, to go all, be all electric ready right from the beginning. 
Um, so, you know, keep that in mind as you're talking uh, yeah. to and, uh, and the other clients. Thing, you know, clients. <laughs> geothermal, they don't consider renewable, okay? Because we do have to input a little bit of electricity to keep some pumps going, okay? Yeah. But you, you brought up a good point before. Renewables can be intermittent, mm-hmm. but your geothermal is always going to be there. Right. right? The, the ground source, it's there 24-7, whether that's sunshine or the wind's blowing or not, it's on. So. Exactly. That's what people need to understand too. It's and you know the Earth is a, it's a fairly constant temperature. Once we get down below a few, you know, the frost line and then a few feet down, and you know it doesn't really start to warm up a little bit. You know, as you get closer to the center of the Earth, it's going to get hotter. But we've got that sweet spot, say from almost the surface to down about six, seven hundred feet, where it's a pretty constant temperature. Yeah, and I I think again the key is as we go to all electric and as we electrify. Um, once all of our electric generation is from renewables then the heat pumps are all fully, Oh my gosh. Right? So, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. That's, we've had people looking to do net zero type buildings, solar coupled with a geothermal, right? So I've got, I'm making my own electricity to run my pumps. Yep. And voila. Yeah. Which is interesting to see if people did that from the scratch, you know, from the start, if they could get, you know, the system sized right to do all that. So, and then have it ready so they could also charge. Because if you can power everything with solar, um, yeah, that's, that's, that would be the perfect, you know, solution scenario, right? Where you're yeah. generating your own power, it's powering the pumps, it's powering your car. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you're not drawing loads from we, the system. You know, I'd yeah. love to throw like fusion energy yeah. into this for you, but that, this might be, I might get, start to get too much for the, uh, for the afternoon here, <laughs> but yeah. that's, you know, there are companies looking into that. I got a friend who just, uh, you know, quit his job at, a, at an engineering company and he's moving up to, uh, like Cambridge area in Boston, um, to work on fusion projects, you know, to commercialize it, to get these reactors down to the commercial scale where, you know, we can start using them, but, yeah. but you know, it takes a lot of energy to do fusion, but if you get more energy out of the process and you put in, you, you know, we, 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 it's a win, right? It's a win. Yeah. Um, and something that you guys, you know, the engineering world can be helpful with as well is as people are transitioning away, I think sometimes there's clearly a cost, a net cost savings, but sometimes people don't understand that. Well, their electric bill is going to go up because they're no longer, but you're not going to be paying for oil or gas anymore. Yeah, or gasoline in my right. monster right. truck, right? Right, <laughs> right. But sometimes people are like, wait, but my electric bill is, you know, because we got that a bunch of the, you know, first early adopters on heat pumps yep. were, were calling to complain that their electric bill went up. And we're like, well but you're not paying for oil or gas anymore. So I mean, what's your, so your yeah. en- overall en- net energy cost. It goes down. Yeah. We, we, uh, we did a podcast on one of our, you know, biggest and brightest projects ever was St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. Put them on geothermal, um, cut their energy bill by 30, 35%. We got them off oil, gas, steam, all that stuff, whatever it was, I think it was gas and steam. Yeah. Um, you know, and now they're just running on electric, you know, yeah. to basically heat and cool the cathedral. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, the electric goes up, but all those other ones go away. <laughs> okay? Right. So, uh, total win. And you just you grabbed my last question, you know, about the environmental engineering community. What can we do do to help you guys at DPS to achieve the state's energy goals? Yeah, and it's really it's one. It's helping with the education that all of these new clean energy technologies actually work. That there are incentives and rebates available to get them installed and deployed. That they're safe. Um, and also, you know, none of this happens 
none of this happens without contractors, engineers, without companies actually doing the work. Because yeah. we can put out the policy direction and guidance and we can um, help with funding and incentive levels and regulating the utilities. But if there's not contractors and engineers who can actually take these concepts and put them into reality, then we don't make our goals, right? We don't get to um, you know a fossil-free future. Oh boy, we're on our way. This is exciting. <laughs> well, Carrie, I, I do want to wrap up. I know you got to yeah. get going, but um, any closing thoughts or topics we didn't cover this afternoon that you want to share with our with our listeners? No, I mean, I think we really hit the gamut of like the big picture of what's coming and I just hope. Oh, everyone, yes. We yeah. could have drilled down on any one of these and made this <laughs> in a complete podcast. <laughs> yes. Yes. And happy to come back anytime and do that. And certainly if there are topics that you hear about from folks that are related to this. Oh, absolutely. We'll have you back anytime. Yeah. This was great. I do appreciate your time today. So thank you. Thank you. All right, listeners. So I do want to just wrap up today. I want to thank you for your time for joining us. This is the Environmental Echo uh, our guest today, again, was Carrie Meek Gallagher from the Department of Public Service here on Long Island. It's a, a New York State agency, and we were very glad and lucky to have her. Uh, again, just to repeat, if you need to get a hold of us, the website, www.pwgrocer.com backslash podcast. Again, Paul Boyce, CEO and president of PWGC. Thrilled to have you guys listening, and I look forward to sharing some time with you guys in the future as well. That's the Environmental Echo. Thank you for joining us on this episode of PWGC's Environmental Echo. Download and listen to this episode on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or by visiting our website, www.pwgrocer.com backslash podcast. For more content like this, be sure to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you never miss an episode.